When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, yeah, okay. <laughs> Welcome to Triple Click, where we bring the games to you. This week we're talking about the new Avengers game as Kamala Khan gets the band back together for one more Marvel-branded loot chase. Can a meaningful superhero story and an endless loot grind coexist? Let's suit up and find out. I'm Kirk Hamilton. I'm Maddie Myers. And I'm Jason Schreier, and we are back. We are. We are. We're back for another episode. It's us again. It is. Nice to see you two, as always. Did you two notice that it's our 20th episode? Ah, Mazel Tov. 20 episodes. That's, I think we're like officially an established podcast if we've made it this far. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're not old enough to drink in the United States, but no, not almost. Quite. We're just old enough to be annoyed that we aren't old enough to drink because right, every right. episode is a year because that's how time works now and that's been established. Yeah, that's that's we've established that that's what an anniversary is. So that's <laughs> yeah. that's how this works. Somehow it feels like we've been podcasting together for longer than than that. Uh, that can't be right. I think no. it's only been twenty episodes. <laughs> I think that's right too. I, I I don't know what you're what you're on, Jason, but uh, that that doesn't sound right to me either. <laughs> the only show we've ever done is Triple Click, which is yeah. part of Maximum Fun. And while I'm talking about Maximum Fun, mm. I just want to give a special note that if you want to become a member and listen to our beans cast then you should go to maximumfund.org slash join and consider doing that and supporting the show and also i just want to say i'm so grateful to the people who've done that because i love that we own our show and i love yeah. that we get to do what we want yeah it's our podcast it rules i feel the same Super way cool. it rules you all rule <laughs> thanks everyone who's a member you're all great Pat yourselves on the back, folks. You did it. You Good job. You are doing it. <laughs> also, we're, we're considering selling the podcast to a private equity firm. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's actually the announcement for this, for this episode. <laughs> File under things that will never happen. <laughs> 20 episodes. Well, that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, before we get started with this week's episode, I should mention that last week, as many people have pointed out hilariously, <laughs> after we did our summer news roundup episode and we were talking about how Nintendo probably has this Mario compilation coming, but like yeah. they haven't talked about anything literally hours after the episode went live nintendo was like ah mario's 35th anniversary and just announced a ton of stuff so that was yep. pretty funny to see i think the only conclusion we can draw is that we made that happen so you're yeah, all I think you're so. welcome I everybody think so. They You're heard welcome. our episode and they went ahead and set that YouTube video live. I think that was exactly how that went down. That I think that's right. right. I think that that's right. All right. Are we ready to talk about video I think about we are. We game? should tell people about our stream. We should remind everyone about oh, our right. stream, which is related, I guess. It's related to, <laughs> right, that is tonight if you're listening to this, and that is related to the topic of this episode. Yes. We are streaming on our Twitch channel, which is Triple Click Pod, and we're going to play Marvel's The Avengers, and that's at 8 p.m., <laughs> Eastern time tonight, Thursday, September 10th, except if I'm saying that date and you are listening to this show now, you're probably thinking that's already passed. Or you're thinking it's today and you're you're really excited to check out the stream tonight. It's today, yeah. And we'll put it on our Twitter and whatnot so people don't miss it. Um, Yeah, that'll be fun. The three of us will jump in. And speaking of Marvel's Avengers, I think it's just Marvel's Avengers. It's not Marvel's The Avengers. A little bit of pedantic pedantic stuff there. Or it could just be Avengers. I mean, we got to add in that Marvel. Marvel's, though. Well, so technically, the Spider-Man game is also Marvel's (laughs) Spider-Man game. It seems like a thing where Marvel is insisting that they do this, which is That's because nobody knows what Marvel is. No one's heard of any of these properties, and no one knows what comic book company they're affiliated with, and so Marvel just has to make sure that people finally know they're involved. Okay, so first things first, uh, Crystal Dynamics developed this game. Square Enix published it. 
and it came out last Friday, September 4th, and this game has had an identity crisis since it was announced Mm -hmm. a couple years ago at E3. It was not entirely clear to me when I was in that press event what this game was going to be. Seemed kind of like a Borderlands, like a Destiny 2. And then I played the beta. Still wasn't entirely clear on what that was. Folks can go back and listen to that triple click Mm -hmm. episode. But I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, You can play as a whole lot of different Avengers in this game, but it wasn't clear to me how that would fit into both a single player campaign and also multiplayer player and cooperative content. That's a lot of different kinds of things. And it's all in one video game. (laughs) And having played this game, I am still not sure what I think about it. And I think the answer to that depends on which part of the game you're asking me about and Mm -hmm. can even vary mission to mission. But I am very curious to hear from the two of you who have not read as many Kamala Khan comics as I have, perhaps, (laughs) uh, about what you each thought of the game. So, Kirk, do you want to start? What did you think about this Avengers video game. I'll start. So yeah, I have really only followed this game through your coverage, talking to you about it on the show, Mm -hmm. sort of seeing, you know, just ambiently trailers and stuff, the people joking about how the characters all look like these kind of knockoff TV, made-for-TV movie versions of the movie characters, Mm -hmm. Um, and then hearing the kind of middling reactions to the beta, and then hearing positive reactions to the game itself. So I kind of was prime for that going in. Like I knew that people were much more positive on the game than they had been before mm-hmm. it came out. So then I started playing it. And yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think that especially in the early going, so I'm not super far in it. I just got to the anthill. And um, yeah, I think that the game that I really like is the story-based game about Kamala Khan, who's fantastic and like makes the whole game work for me. She's an incredible character. I love the way that she's written and performed. It's just, they do a lot of this like Spielberg shots of her face as she sees something incredible and she like lights up and is like, how cool is this? I'm meeting Iron Man and she's so excited about everything. And I like that about it. Um, I said this on Twitter, but this game is basically about the power of Marvel fandom. And Mm -hmm. that would strike me, I think, a lot more cynically if it weren't such a stressful time in the world. But I'm kind of like, you know what? It's fine. This is fun. I like this. I'm cool (laughs) with a game that's just enthusiastic about the Avengers being cool and like collecting comics and merch, which is like literally something that the main character does. It's like what you do in the very first mission with her, which is sort of a... (laughs) There's a time jump. You start out with her as a younger teenage girl and she Mm -hmm. goes to a fan fiction competition where she's a finalist and she's writing fan fiction about real people, by the way, because they're the Avengers and she's writing stories about them. But that's in the comics, too, and it's just as weird in the comics. So they keep that in this game. And she meets the Avengers and collects comic books and you get to be a fangirl right along with her. And then she gets her origin story, gets superpowers, gets to be an older teenage girl for the rest of the game. And that is still not that grim and dark. She's still kind of a perky teenage girl the whole time, which Mm -hmm. I agree. It definitely sets a certain tone. What about you, Jason? I know you liked Kamala as well. Well, so I finished the game. And so it's very interesting sitting back and hearing early impressions because I think everyone's early impressions are going to be a lot more positive. Mm. Um, So Maddie, so you mentioned that the game has an identity crisis. I can almost see having written a lot of stories about behind the scenes development of games um, and particularly games like this. 
uh, including most infamously Destiny, um, you can almost see the wheels turning. Like you can look at it and be like, okay, so they have this great scripted bespoke set of missions at the beginning of the game and then it opens up and then Mm -hmm. clearly they needed to fill some space in the campaign because they were playtesting it and realized it only took eight hours to beat and so they added all these missions that were like (laughs) clearly meant to be multiplayer missions that they they squeezed in and like added some dialogue in there and so this game is just this weird like chimera of of like single player Tomb Raider-esque missions and then weird like simplistic super boring multiplayer like go stand on this spot go push this button go like defeat waves of enemies and it is just like the biggest example of an idea and then and then at the end it has like these big explosive like comic book moments so it mm-hmm. is really just like this the ultimate example of an, a, a video game with the, this massive identity crisis but here's the thing that we haven't talked about yet which is the way that it feels to go around beating up enemies yeah. and that to me was really the the kind of saving grace of this game because each character feels totally different you get six of them over the course of the main campaign they're going to add more later as dlc but right now six of them each of them feels totally different. They all have their pros and cons. I really love playing as Thor, and Thor, if I wind up sticking with this game long term, will be my main. I be think. A Thor main. But um, yeah. but a lot of them are just super fun to play as, and like it's really fun watching the numbers go up and seeing the 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 yeah, treadmill you know, the destiny forming thing. the destiny mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. But it's also really fun unlocking their skill trees and realizing you can actually do all these crazy combos that you wouldn't even think about. It's it's very much a fighting game, um, mm-hmm. which Maddie, I think you'll appreciate more and more. As you get deeper and deeper into the game. Oh yeah, but I mean it's part of why I liked the beta. You're you're you remember what I said about the beta it was very mm-hmm. similar to what you're describing now. Yeah, well it's it's a brawler in a way that I didn't even expect. And mm-hmm. Kirk, Kirk, um, you mentioned the other day, or you mentioned earlier today that you were finding it difficult, and I think that's intentional. And I think it is a difficult game, and it's very much a game where you need to be like countering and dodging, and you can't just mash buttons. Like you need to be doing the whole fighting game thing, and so all that like for me, sort of like how Destiny masters shooting this game feels like it really really nails the fundamentals of like brawler combat Mm. it's just that the robots are so boring that i can't (laughs) imagine going back and fighting more of them let me beg to differ a little bit on it nailing brawler combat it's pretty good and like i've gotten more of a feel for it for countering and stuff but this game has some kind of like visual clutter awareness issues that I don't think they've fully solved. There's also just some like general UX stuff that's a little weird. It's it's not terrible, but it's there it's just a little confusing and hard to read and there's a ton of information at any given time. Do you mean in terms of the level design or just the ways that the certain characters play? Like who have you who have you chosen? So I've been mostly playing as Miss um, Marvel, Ms. Marvel, and mm-hmm. um, a little bit as Hulk. I don't love playing as Iron Man. So those are the three characters that I have right now. Mm-hmm. I mean more like it's all of it, like what what's happening on the battlefield, what you can see, where enemies are coming from. You're generally in fights where there's people coming up to you and there's also people kind of taking pot shots at you from a distance. Yeah. Speed is a little bit hard to judge. Like I find Iron Man to be a very strange character to play as because he's very slow because he has to be slow because actual Iron Man like breaks the sound barrier in one second. This Iron Man, when you go into flight mode, which works very similarly to Anthem, you go into hover mode, then you hit the run button and you go into 
like a forward flying mode, but you're moving at the speed of a jog roughly, and then you'll just get knocked out of it, and it's very hard to gauge dodging. There's just stuff in this game that I don't love the feel of, and I'm sure that I'll get more familiar with it. Also, I'm finding that as I unlock moves, the characters get more, you know, a lot more dynamic to play, and I can tell, like, there's a lot of moves. You can build, like, kind of really deep builds on some of these characters but i'm there's it's fun but i'm not going to say that they've like that it's this like masterpiece of melee combat because it does not seem that way to me at least not so far i think it has its moments bing kirk here from the future taking advantage of my omniscient editor powers to just interject and elaborate a little bit on my thoughts only because i played this game more since we recorded this episode and i unlocked black widow and i gotta say Black Widow, pretty darn fun. Uh, my opinion of this game's melee combat is actually significantly improved just by how fun she is to play. I still think Iron Man, like, needs some work. There's just something off about Iron Man. And the other characters, like Hulk even, they don't quite play right to me. But playing as Black Widow, who just controls more like a traditional kind of brawler character, like her dodge just makes sense to me. She has this grappling hook that lets her close with enemies. She's really, really cool and super fun. I gather that Thor is also very fun too. I hadn't played as her when I made this episode and I figured, hey, I'm editing it and I might as well add that so that there's just a little bit more to my opinion on this game's melee combat, which is certainly still in progress as I haven't finished the game. I'm sure I'll talk about it on future episodes as well as on the stream tonight, and I'll probably have played even more by then, so stay tuned for more of my evolving opinions on the Avengers combat. But, you know, really, it's a it's a pretty fun game. Okay, anyways, let's get back to the conversation. I had just said that the fights get pretty chaotic, and I didn't love that, so Jason is going to respond to me. Okay, take it away, past Jason. Bing! The chaos that you talked about is one of the problems that I had with it. And I mean, really, the fact that all these enemies are exactly the same for just mission after mission, they don't even have like the distinct, like different races the way that Destiny was. That to me is like one of the game's really biggest flaws and something that will probably prevent me from like sticking with it long term is that all the enemies are freaking just robots. It's like five different types of enemies. And it's it, funny because it that's kind really of like, boring. that's kind of a, been a criticism of some Marvel movies is that then there's always a big fight with a bunch of robots where they can just. Right. Can never apart, be and the humans, movie can still I be rated PG thirteen. Like, yeah, well, so they can never kill actual people, but still, I mean, the I, lack of variety in the robots. But then there are actual people in this game every now and then. Yeah, I feel like Hulk killed some of those yeah, people. There's, there's. I guess yeah. we can describe the story, which I, I don't know. I have all kinds of feelings about this story because yeah, they, talk about they some. changed some things from the comics, oh, and no. <laughs> I just don't know if I agree. But no, I'm, I'm kidding. It's completely fine to change things from the comics, and I think they did so for simplicity's sake. So if you two will pardon me, I, I have please, my soapbox to get please on. Please, get on your soapbox. <laughs> Explain it right what now. it is that they changed. Okay, Maddie is standing on the chair at her desk now. She's ready here to hold go. forth. We're ready for some comic book knowledge here. This is called, this section will be called <laughs> Samus's Soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, the Inhumans. Kamala Khan is an Inhuman character. Mm-hmm. In this game... After her gritty backstory moment, she gets infected by the Terrigen Mists, which in this game is caused by this mysterious mega corporation called AIM that is in the comics, although they're not associated with this disaster. And it infects people, and their latent superpowers are revealed, or it doesn't affect them at all. That's how the Terrigen Mist works in this game. In the original comics, the Terrigen Mists were something that some aliens used to experiment on humans who didn't live on Earth. And then those humans got superpowers from the Terrigen Mists, and then they lost their home and had to go to Earth 
as refugees. And then they were discriminated against because they were kind of perceived as alien invaders, even though they were mm -hmm. originally human. And that idea of the inhumans in the 2010s was kind of used as a, an oppression metaphor because this is when the X-Men were kind of being sunset in, in Marvel's eyes because they didn't mm -hmm. have the rights to the X-Men in the movies. So they were trying to come up with other super groups they could use as a cool oppression metaphor and the Inhumans is what they settled so wait, on. So Inhumans were, were come out with devised in the 2010s? They're like No, they were devised many, many decades before that, oh, but they okay. were reprised in the 2010s. Got it. And that is when Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, her, I believe her first comic came out in 2014 or at least the one that made her famous and well-known and beloved and i think she's the reason why this gambit even worked is because people liked her so much and i think the reason they liked her so after the inhumans come to earth etc etc the terrigen mists do end up infecting other people on earth and more inhumans pop up sort of mm. like this game but it's still posed in the comics as kind of an alien threat and then you have this character, Kamala Khan, who's Pakistani, Muslim, American character. She is positioned in the comic as struggling with her identity and her place in America. And then also, on top of that, there's this additional metaphor of her inhuman status and how she's being oppressed in that context. And given that it was already kind of an immigration metaphor, I think that's part of why those comics worked so well for people. Mm. But in this game, the immigration thing's basically gone. Kamala Khan is still the character that you know, but that cultural context is slightly removed because now it's just an industrial accident that the Avengers cause at the beginning of this game, or at least they appear to have caused right. it, which changes the dynamic of what the Inhumans mean. And over the course of the game, I think that problem keeps coming up. <laughs> I mm. haven't played every mission, but I've already noticed some tension with how the humans Inhumans are presented as this oppressed minority, but it the game doesn't seem entirely certain what it wants to say about that. It's mostly lighthearted and playing it for fun, but I feel like there's an opportunity there to say something more, and it just doesn't quite hang together. And I think, I, I again, don't blame the game for this. It feels like that part of the game was almost rushed or Perhaps it's because there are so many other kinds of missions in the game that are distracting from that narrative because they have to also be there. There's all this other cool superhero stuff in there where you just play as Tony Stark for a second and go get a cool toy or do you know what I mean? Like I, I totally know what you mean. It feels like the game is trying to do a lot of different things and I think it's actually succeeding at one of them, but it almost doesn't have the time and space to carry it out into the deeper story that it was in the comics. But you can see the bones of that story there and those bones are really strong. Mm -hmm. So that's part of why the game almost works for me or at least works for me when it's telling that story because I can bring in my own context and just tack it on and be like, well, I know the story you were trying to tell here. And so I'll just imagine the trappings of it. And then, but that's not really part of it in this game. This game is mostly just a superhero game about how Kamala Khan finally gets to be an Avenger and the Inhumans are oppressed, but mostly don't worry about it because there's a lot of cool gadgets. At the By the end of the game, you it is definitely brought up again, but never actually... Explored in any meaningful way. I mean, don't expect anything meaningful. Yeah, yeah, I don't. The Inhumans are kind of a tool that's used to give the villain motivations for what he is doing. And 
at the end and towards the very end you're like rescuing in humans from cages and stuff but it's mm-hmm. it's never society it's never like all of humanity that's oppressing the inhumans it's just aim and just this this crazy villain who right. has his own reasons for wanting to to take them all out and cure them or whatever um so that what you're talking about the the comics treatment of inhumans is never actually uh a part of the game yeah which is kind of too bad but that's okay i can imagine it's there (laughs) you know it's a little bit the version i mean it's just like this other version of this game that you can see that we've all talked about at this point is there's this Mm -hmm. narrative game that i don't think could exist now and then there's the destiny 2 style like ongoing story Mm -hmm. with a lot of other marvel content in it and like something that you can put in other kinds of superheroes and other stories which is cool but I, what I've mostly seen is people being excited about the Kamala Khan story. Yeah, I mean, even that is like, I mean, it's it's fine and all, but at the end of it, you're left with like, okay, now what? So the campaign is very short by AAA game <laughs> standards. Um, it's about the size of like a Tomb Raider game as an example. But because you are spending so much of it frat, like in the bodies of six different superheroes and their missions were like, you'll only be Black Widow, you'll only be Captain America, you'll only be Thor, you're not really getting like a full arc for Kamala Khan. And and none of the characters really get their full arcs. It's sort of like jumping into an Avengers movie without having watched any of the those standalone superhero movies that help you understand all their motivations and like who they are. So it's very hard to care about any of the characters. And frankly, it's very hard to care about the story at all in this game because it's so all over the place and it is so fragmented in so many different ways. And that's even if you're just playing through the campaign and like not taking the time to do all the side stuff that pops up on your on your war table. Some of of it, which is like just side quests and some of it is just grind. <laughs> There's like iconic missions, right, for each character. You're talking about those as part of the story. Yeah, right? so those are side quests. No, those aren't part of the story. So those are side quests. But they have their own stories. Like those do flesh out the yeah. characters, I believe. Yes? Um, <laughs> arguable. Well, have you done um, them all? And also, I, I've done most of them. And okay. so most of them are like one mission and then a grind and then a second mission. Like, okay. And by a grind, I mean like a Destiny style. Like You have to go around the world like killing robots and doing special moves and stuff to get to finish this mis- part of the mission. And then a second mission where it all wraps up. And it's usually it usually feels like it's dangling threads for the future or like it's it's... It's never really like an interesting. There's very little that's like narratively satisfying. Except, I mean, the dialogue is really good all around. But there are no arcs here that are like, man, this is a great story arc that really, really helped me resonate with this person or this character. And Kamala Khan is a great character. That's the thing. It's like as as a person and as a protagonist, she's really cool and really great in a lot of ways. Like it's so interesting to play as this teenage girl who's like a fan of the Avengers and like like geeking out every time she meets someone new. Like, oh my. God, you're Thor, but um, but but there's no real narrative arc for her the way that Lara Croft has a narrative arc. So I yeah. think like at the beginning of this game, it's one game for a few hours, and it's really impressive. Like that game is basically, I mean, so people who you know people who worked on Uncharted worked on this game. Crystal Dynamics, obviously, most famous for making the Tomb Raider games. This has so much Tomb Raider, and Tomb Raider, of course, had a lot of Uncharted in it. There's always been like a funny, like cyclical symbiosis between those two series. There mm-hmm. are these great cutscene moments. God, there's this scene, this this like slow mo sequence where she jumps over Hulk on Captain America's shield and like and bounces <laughs> off of him. I was like, yes, like there's a bunch of really Really cool stuff like that. Opening set pieces are really impressive. And yeah, like you said, so I actually, so for starters, I think the vocal performances are great. Sandra Saad oh, yeah. is the name of the actress who plays um, K- 
Kamala Khan. And I did not realize this until I looked this up right now. I knew Troy Baker was in this, but I didn't know he was playing Bruce Banner. I totally thought he was mm-hmm. Thor or something, and I haven't gotten to Thor yet, but I just like didn't realize it was him. He's great. Like, And their scenes together are so good. And... There's, I just had the scene before they get to the anthill where she's like despairing and she's like, what am I even doing? She's yeah. just like this really emotionally open character. And every time those scenes, like especially the scenes between Banner and Kamala are happening, they're great. Like when they go on their road trip together, there's just all this stuff happening where I'm like, this is good shit. And there really is this hard pivot where the game shifts gears and you do your first kind of mission that's clearly supposed to be a multiplayer mission you load in there's like a matchmaking lobby you're like watching like ai bots like populate the rest of your squad you go out and there's optional chests everywhere and you're starting to hear all this like generic dialogue about the avengers uh avenger spotted and this stuff that makes it clear that this is designed to be cut and paste content Mm -hmm. and it really it's remarkable how quickly the game shifts into and out of those modes and then Mm -hmm. i did the whole iron man thing where you first meet iron man and then he goes off on his own for a while they split up and when i was playing as iron man it's probably that i I don't really like playing as iron man in this game it just like doesn't feel awesome to me but i was just like i am no longer into this at all (laughs) and then it went back and suddenly i think it's also i like playing as ms marvel she's like got great moves she's kind of like spider-man but also got these Mm -hmm. like long punches or like mr fantastic she's got stretchy arms she's got the stretchy arms so the minute i was back in control of her i was like oh i'm having fun again and then i got this great cutscene between her and banner and i was like this is the shit so it's very much yeah i guess it's an avengers game so it's about all of them and like you said jason it has to kind of mash them all together And here's a question I want to pose both of you, just sort of related to the Avengers thing. And that is, there's a lot of talk before this game came out about the fact that we know all these characters so well because of the movies, specifically, Mm -hmm. even though obviously they all predated that in the comics. And now there are these other versions of them that look sort of like them and that that was going to be a problem. I have my Mm -hmm. own thoughts on this, but I'm curious what you two think. Like if you two think that that is an issue for you as you're actually playing the game, (laughs) Maddie, is that an issue for you? I thought it was going to be, but it didn't end up being one. And I think part of their Mm -hmm. workaround is simply that Kamala is the lead character and we have no preconceived notions about her or what she should sound like, what she should be like in a movie. She's been in some animated stuff, but she's largely been sidelined so far other than having a hit comic book series. And it was really just a matter of time before she got her time in the spotlight. And this game is very much giving her that. I think it could have been done even better, but I'm still really happy with what we got. And I think that helps a lot. I think it's very weird that the marketing did not signpost the fact that this feels like a Kamala Khan game for most of the first five, six hours. But I don't know. I, I Maybe I'll have a conversation with a marketing person for this game someday and I can <laughs> ask that, that tough question. But I think it helps a lot that you don't have to worry about it being an Avengers game so much as a Kamala Khan game. However, I will also say that it's easier for me to deal with characters like Thor, where the voice actor sounds a lot like Chris Hemsworth or sounds like he's doing his best Chris Hemsworth impression, as opposed to Iron Man, where he doesn't sound like Robert Downey Jr., but then every now and then he kind of <laughs> does. And I'm like, either commit to the RDJ impression or don't, or do something completely different. It's like Nathan Drake doing a, like, yeah, doing cosplay. And it, it, that keeps taking me out of it. And then, like, Bruce Banner's another great example where I feel like 
Troy Baker's is doing something totally different. But I love that because I'm like, you may as well just either do exactly the same thing or do something totally different. Mm. Anywhere in between <laughs> is terrible. But that is a strange answer because I'm basically saying I like Thor, who is the exact same. And then I also like Hulk, who isn't the same at all. I don't know, <laughs> is my answer to your question, Kurt. Well, Thor does. I mean, it's kind of the typical Thor accent. Mm-hmm. Like you would think of that accent even before Chris Hemsworth did it. I but think. only because of how we see Thor now. I'm saying before Chris Hemsworth, like you would think of Thor with that accent, like from cartoons and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's true. I he think has been that, in some that, cartoons. that it depends on the character. Like some of the characters, I mean, yeah, the, the Bruce and Iron Man worked for me. Um, Captain America, on the other hand, I think Chris Evans brings something to the role that whoever is playing it in this game did not and Captain America in this game is extremely boring and flat like basically what you would think of Captain America before Chris Evans like really made him into this great character it gives you it it, like gives you an appreciation for Chris Evans and what a Mm -hmm. kind of weirdly hard acting role that was oh yeah because it could be such a boring character and yet he just has this certain charismatic quality to himself that like he sells it and it works I guess it's that they also it kind of goes back to the thing you were saying Jason about not having their own movies part of the reason that I really like the Chris Evans um, Captain America is that first movie is so great especially the first 30 minutes or so 40 minutes is so good when they make him really small and you Mm -hmm. totally buy him as this like scrappy guy who just like wants to do good and it made me like love that character and you'll always remember that that's who he was even you know a million movies down the road in Avengers Endgame or whatever Mm -hmm. he's still Mm -hmm. that kid you know that that scrappy kid who was always getting in fights and I think because we don't see that in this, this Captain America and the character design on this Captain America is fairly boring I would say like just the, the artistic look of the character extremely that- boring there are scenes so whenever you see him like in between loading like when you're doing loading screens you'll see close ups yeah. of the characters and Captain America is just like standing there like punching air and he looks so friggin boring and like smug and <laughs> man it's it's really terrible but I also I hate the way he plays in this game also mm-hmm. unlike most of the other characters but I was gonna make a point before Kirk to your point earlier about like the first few hours feeling like a totally different game and having those great scenes in it there are this is a game that's full of great scenes and great moments in the way that all of the best comic book movies are. It's just like stitched together like so weirdly. It's like, it's really like, um, I think the narrative that, that I heard used or used when I was reporting on Destiny 1 and the story reboot was that it was like someone took apart a quilt and then like re- reattached it. Um, yeah. And that's what this game feels like, although I don't know if there were story reboots or anything like that, but I think it's more of like an identity crisis thing where they have these two totally conflicting mantras and design principles that they have to follow. One being, we want to make this awesome, like, Crystal Dynamics style, like, single-player narrative-heavy game with, like, great writing and character dynamics. And the second being, we have to make a Destiny, games as a service, everything has to be multiplayer and it has to work as multiplayer, so the puzzles can't be too hard, they have to be simple, because it needs to be multiplayer, and the dialogue has to be generic, and all this other shit. And it just, like, feels so odd. And I don't know if, like, this is something they can really fix over time like maybe when they add a black panther series like mission and it's like cool stuff and we'll go check it out and it'll be like oh cool five missions and this is awesome but like it's always gonna have this feeling of like this is a destiny and that's all it wants to be is like a loot treadmill or not all it wants to be but that's all it really can be is because it has this multiplayer like games of service grafted onto it isn't that perfectly fitting that it would be 
the two it's like the two things that define entertainment in the 2010s <laughs> yeah. superhero franchises and games as a service would come yep. together to form the avengers of like zeitgeisty things like it's just so yeah. perfect yeah. But then it accidentally is good in a, in a couple moments. Like, I feel like I was pretty yeah, ready. I would say it's not accidental. Like, pe- people probably... Yeah, you're right. People put the work in, of course. They they tried very hard to make it good. But... <laughs> talented people it's made it, clearly. It's a talented team. Yeah. Crystal Dynamics is it's your game, like, games of the generation in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's like a lot the of Tomb Raider series. Like, this is, this is a super talented group of people who worked on this But game. I know that's not what, that's not what you meant. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's, like, good in spite of what it's also trying to do. Right. I, I think right. that's the thing. I think, Kirk, as you keep playing it, you'll start to notice some of the stuff that Jason and I did. Like, I, I played a mission where it's so clearly designed to be a three-person multiplayer mission, but it's part of the main campaign. And I just played it by myself, and it it felt horrible because you need one person each to stand in a certain area of the level and oh, fight yeah, off robots. Yeah, yeah. And the AI is okay in this game but it's not good enough and I'm just like I don't understand what kind of person I would need to be in order to play an hour of a single player game then grab two friends for the next mission in the single player game then get rid of those two friends for the next couple hours play a couple more single player missions then call them back on discord and be like hey you guys want to pop in here (laughs) with me so then at that point you may as well be playing with strangers which I have done a little bit of and I don't know if you two have played any of the multiplayer co-op missions with strangers at all have you no no yeah i i've done a little bit of that is it fun it's okay i just really enjoy playing games with friends and playing with strangers it's been silent i don't know them we haven't been talking to each other we've just been trying to do the mission together and feeling our way out and that's perfectly fine i haven't had any bad experiences with it but i also feel like the reason why destiny 2 works and why borderlands works is because they are an entire cooperative experience if you want them to be or they have discrete single player content and this game the fact that it has all these story elements but then interposed with that are some multiplayer elements is very strange and I doubt it was intended yeah, to be that like way. Like I said, it reeks to me. I, I feel like I'm, I'm like peeking behind the curtain because it's very clear that it's like our story was too short. The marketing yep. people, Square Enix executives said, we can't ship a game that only takes eight hours to beat. We'll get knocked on Metacritic. And so they said, okay, we're going to take some of these multiplayer mm-hmm. missions. Put in the other Avengers. <laughs> put in some <laughs> Iron Man missions. Yeah, put in well, some Black Widow missions. Ha- I, the, yes, they took took some multiplayer missions and stuffed them in the main campaign. Not even talking about the side stuff. I'm talking about like actual like multiplayer mechanics getting grafted onto the main campaign. It is too bad. I would have loved to see a game like this that was what it promised to be in the first couple hours for a solid like 12-hour campaign instead of what we got. Yeah, I would have just played a single-player game. But you know what? We're going to try out the multiplayer tonight anyway, and we're going to see how it goes. So I guess I'll say if... I I am going to go ahead and beat the game. I have not beaten it yet, but I'm far enough in to have gotten to some of the more frustrating stuff, but I still want to get to the end of the story. And I am also curious about whether they're going to introduce new story elements in the future, which I'll probably play since I own the game now. If they make a Black Panther section, I'll play it. But I am also really curious about the multiplayer, which we're going to play tonight. Do you guys know who you're going to play as? Do you ha- do you have your mains selected? I don't. I'm I'm not sure. It'll probably depend on if the two of you have a preference, <laughs> but also 
by tonight I might have more of a preference. <laughs> so, you know, mm-hmm. I might have a better sense of it. I really like playing. Well, as... you can play as Miss Marvel if you yeah, want. She's, she's kind of the best character. She's in pretty the game. fun to play as. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the big question that I keep wondering is like, is this game going to have longevity? Am I going to stick with yeah. it? Are people going to stick with it long term? And I don't know. It's a tricky one because it doesn't have the same sort of like. I could play this forever feeling as a destiny where just shooting aliens in the head is so satisfying. And even you can get past a lot of the frustrations because it works so well in so many different ways. And also because it very clearly knows what kind of game it wants to be. This game, I don't know. I mean, I could see people dipping in and out based on like whether DLC is interesting and new campaign stuff pops in, but it's hard to imagine people really sticking with the loot grind and the missions. And it's not like there's some sort of like really compelling loot loot, the way that like a Diablo has or or even a Borderlands has Mm -hmm. and I don't know it doesn't there's the only sticky thing is like okay it's fun to play as these Avenger characters I'm enjoying playing as Thor but I can't see myself like really sticking with this long term yeah you know I think um I think it's got more going for it than that I I think it's like a surprisingly competent games as a service launch I mean compared to a lot of these I guess we don't really know it could be in a couple weeks you know once we really know like what the end game is, my prediction is end game is going to be about three hours long, full of fan service. You know, we don't we don't really know. Like, it, I think that'll be pretty clear in a couple weeks. And a lot of times, these games seem good for a couple weeks, and then they it all the wheels come yeah. off. Yeah. So there is some end game stuff that pops up after you finish the campaign. They're going to be adding like a raid like thing, whatever they call it, a little bit later down the road, sort of like how Destiny did when it mm-hmm. launched. But um, but there is some end game stuff. And from what I've seen so far, I haven't done a ton of it, but from what I've seen so far, it's all really boring and grindy and and full of those same friggin' missions. Uh, hey, here's Destiny's control PvP, except you're playing against robots, so it's super boring. Like, stuff like that. Um, waves of enemies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that, to me, is really what's just killing my interest to keep playing. Yeah, I, I do think, though, that yeah. it has a strength going for it, and that's just the, like, Marvel cultural buy-in. I think, like, Maddie, you were talking about the story. It, it's fun to just see these characters. Like, I know them all. I know this stuff. I've learned a whole lot about comics over the last um, lifetime and and it's fun to have all this stuff turning up in a game and that is a huge leg up on something like Warframe or Destiny where you have to buy into that game for a long time to get mm. enough into the lore for it to Good matter point. to you that like Eris Morn is do. coming back where this it's yeah. like Black Panther is coming like and I'm like sweet I totally want to know what happens when they tell me that Cade 6 is coming back from the dead or something in Destiny I'm like uh, okay like that guy that I care about because I play Destiny but it's not the same thing and that's right. a huge advantage for this game they could capitalize on that in a lot of cool ways um down the road yeah too bad yeah. next year we're gonna be like not playing moving on to something else and then and we see on kotaku or polygon oh my god spider-man's coming to the game next week oh wait it's playstation only and that is gonna be so <laughs> annoying we are going to be so yeah. mad about that because everybody's favorite superhero can't you can't even play it they paid they they, they don't want it on xbox and pc uh, yeah. uh, they want to deprive us. It is sad, but I, I still feel like it's a pretty big win that each of the characters feel so different and feel good to play, which is part of why yes. it's so sad. The Spider-Man news that he's, mm-hmm. he's exactly. going to be an exclusive PlayStation character, awesome. but he probably will feel awesome. I will not be any the wiser, but I still think it's impressive that at launch the characters feel even remotely good to play and yet also have a very diverse fighting style. Mm -hmm. I think that alone, even if every, I mean, even with all of the downsides that we just listed about the game, still impressive 
that Agreed. Black Widow Agreed. feels like Black Widow and Iron Man feels like Iron Man. And so I on. hear like, such good things about wild. Black Widow. I totally want to get Black Widow. Yeah, she's super she's fun. She's very fun. She is yeah. extremely fun to play as. Bing! Narrator. He's right. She's extremely fun. Yes, credit to the combat team because they really, yeah, I'm very impressed yeah. with like, especially Black Widow and Thor, my, I think my two favorites. Yeah, so if you enjoyed this conversation, you can listen to us talk more about the Avengers tonight on our stream. Check yeah. out our Twitch. Yeah. All right, we'll be back in a second with one more thing. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And... I was two butts, 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 butts. There's nothing quite like sailing in the calm international waters on my ship, the SS Biopic. Avast! It's actually pronounced biopic. No, you dingus! It's biopic! Who the hell says that? It's biopic! Because it's the, the words word for biography and picture. If you... All right, that is enough. Ahoy! I'm Dave Holmes. I am the host of the rebooted podcast formerly known as International Waters, designed to resolve petty but persistent arguments like this. How? By pitting two teams of opinionated comedians against each other with trivia and improv games, of course. Winner takes home the right to be right. What podcast be this? It's called Troubled Waters, where we disagree to disagree. And we are back for one more thing. Kirk, why don't you tell me about <laughs> video cards? Okay, Please. so my one more thing is that NVIDIA announced the RTX 3000 series of their graphics cards, which are coming out in September, a kind of a staggered release. And I use NVIDIA cards. I guess I'm still locked into their ecosystem. If a listener knows whether I still need to use NVIDIA graphics cards because I have a G-Sync uh, monitor and can oh tell boy. me. Oh boy, you're going to get some emails. Because <laughs> they unlocked it in some ways, like the other way around. There are monitors where now uh-huh. they're FreeSync if they're AMD. Oh, we've talked about this uh-huh. before, right, Maddie? We of have, we have. We go way back on this. We got some good emails, though, about are this. Are you just using our podcast as your technical support, as like your technical advice? I did it. I did it on on split screen Absolutely. i was buying a new monitor and i was like people need to tell me what to get that's allowed i'm not i'm not objecting to this it sounds yeah. a little like you're objecting but no that is what i'm doing I, because it's these this is the kind of thing that you can look into and try to get a clear answer to but a, listeners really oh, know this stuff they and do. will tell me anyways i i am locked into nvidia and i'm fine with nvidia i don't have any gripes so i'm probably gonna get one of these but you wait hold on give us your history because you just upgraded that's the important part here right you just got an rtx 2080 two right? years ago Okay. So, so like I, a thousand years ago. Well, so oh no. Well, well, I guess I video card time. All right. So I'll I'll explain my process for this first. I upgrade <laughs> every few years with GPUs because I find that that's a good way to do it um, economically. They're pretty expensive, but if you sell your current GPU when you buy a new one, you can get pretty good value. Like an, an 
RTX 2080 is still worth a lot on the secondhand market. So it it like defrays the cost a whole lot. And if you wait too long, your graphics card becomes increasingly worth less. Um, though graphics cards really kind of retain value, which is nice. So I've found out that it's that it's a good cycle to like every other cycle or so. Like I skipped the whatever that last one was called. I can't even remember now. They it was like the 2080 like extra series or something. I skipped TI those. or some. Something yeah, well the like TI that. that those are gnarly. That well and so right. and that's another thing where you could buy a 2080 TI. That's like over a thousand dollars, like well over a thousand dollars. Where the new, um, the thirty eighty will be faster than that, or as fast as that, I guess, for like seven hundred bucks. So you know, it's it, there's always like a waiting game with the price stuff, and I find that it's kind of good to go every other year, every two or three years. So, anyways, that's why I'm doing that. Um, but I, so for starters, I, I was thinking about how weird GPU stuff just is, like how. The launch of these things is always weird. There's always it's you can never get them. They're always really hard to get. It's a staggered thing where first the 3080 is going to come out in like mid September, and then a week later the 3090, which is like fifteen hundred dollars and is just ludicrous, is coming out. And then sometime in October the 3070, which is the cheap one. I think that's like five hundred bucks. Um, and that's the that one's really good. That's the one that everyone's gonna want. But they're all coming mm-hmm. in time for Cyberpunk, and that's what really matters. Well, they are, <laughs> except like you totally have to pre-order because they're impossible to find. But then there's also the fact that like Nvidia sells their own versions of these that are always fine. But then all these other like MSI and all the other companies they'll make them, and they're usually cheaper, but not always. Sometimes they're faster. Sometimes they're like overclocked, and it just gets very confusing very quickly. And I never yep. totally know what to do, and always feel like I'm flying. <laughs> a little bit and I've always had good graphics cards like it never messes me up but it's sort of a stressful proposition I guess just buy an Xbox that. Series X that's it yeah that's you, uh, that's the way easy solution you don't have to this. worry become a console gamer instead of a PC yeah. gamer the thing is when with consoles though I just it is I don't think it's the same with resale <laughs> it is something I've thought is like people talk a lot about how like PC gaming is more expensive than console gaming which I do think is true mm-hmm. but when a new console comes out your current console is definitely going to become worth a whole lot less almost immediately because the new console is just the new console. Where with the graphics card, it's kind of different, and the old graphics card is still worth a lot. I mean, there's also the whole like cryptocurrency thing, though. I don't know if that's still yeah. a thing. But like, there are other uses for GPUs too. But anyways, I, I've been just sort of pondering. I don't know the the process. You're of, lost in the GPU. Yeah, yeah, the process of upgrading. I thought you would be pissed because I feel like the RTX 2080. I feel like got criticized for being really expensive and not offering the type of like upgrade that people expected and this is coming in cheaper than the 20 30 70 is coming in cheaper like and more like faster and blah blah blah, blah so. yeah i feel like that happens every time though yeah i, yeah, I mean i do <laughs> i did kind of feel like the 2080 and i didn't do a ton i didn't really care i just was upgrading but i did feel like the 2080 wasn't this like huge quantum leap upgrade over i think i had a 1080 before that like it was faster but it wasn't wild it was just but it held me over yeah now. i have a 1080 and it still has been holding up perfectly like avengers that's a good card so if you upgrade to like a 3070 or something you're gonna that's a huge upgrade (laughs) like you'll be making a a giant upgrade i'll see how cyberpunk runs yeah yeah i guess that's the 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 only thing that matters i guess they did show those trailers of how cool cyberpunk looks on those various gpus Mm -hmm. so you can just ray tracing turned on yep yep. just watch those trailers and salivate i guess i Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm I'm not going to upgrade my GPU. I'm saving my money. It's anyway, probably wise. Cyberpunk will look like shit. Anyway, Jason, <laughs> what's your thing? Um, okay, so it is. This is such a funny coincidence. So, as 
Max Fun subscribers, members know, um, last this in August we did a Beans cast about time loop movies where we all watched a bunch of time loop movies and talked about it. And somehow I stumbled upon this book, not even knowing that it was actually a time loop book. It is a book called The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. And I I picked it up just on a whim. I think I saw some review somewhere and I was like, oh, this is interesting. It came out cool, a couple man. of years ago. Yeah. And I bought it and I read it and pretty much like zip through it on a Saturday, like in one day, you know, it's like 500 pages nice. long and it is incredible. It was like a page turner. Like, so let me, let me, let me zoom out for a second. So this is a book. I didn't even realize going into it that it was going to be a time loop book, but it's a book about a time loop. So it's a book about a murder mystery and the murder mystery happens as a time loop because the person who is trying to solve the murder mystery winds up at the end of uh, each day inhabiting a different person's body oh, within it's like quantum leap style murder mystery. So it's quantum leap meets Agatha Christie meets Groundhog Day. So, oh, well, that sounds great. <laughs> if, I'm not, if I haven't sold you yet already, um, so it starts off with like all these mysteries and all these questions, and the questions are gradually answered as the time loop reveals itself because you'll see the time loop from different perspectives. Oh, so it's almost like it feels like this elaborate plot that the that the uh, the writer like put together, and it reminded me of Dark in some ways, actually, Kirk, which you're watching, sure. and, and I finished a, a couple of weeks ago. And man, it's so good. It's such a good book. I recommend that you both read it. It's really good. The author is a big video game fan, and I found someone afterwards, I tweeted about it the other day, and someone sent me a link to a Eurogamer article where they talk about his video game inspirations and how like this is very inspired by like Metroidvania and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, okay. It has, yeah, definitely has <laughs> shades of like, okay, like this person has this knowledge, so now they can figure out this thing, and oh, this person, and it also explores all these, re- it's written really well, and it explores all these interesting ideas of like, how much of the mind of the person that you're quantum leaping into like actually can like can can do things and like influence the way you think and so like the main mm. character as you're going through the book will have these different thoughts and like have these different personality traits and like different kind of has to control himself in different ways based on who's he's inhabiting and it's really really good it's just like beginning to end straight up Excellent book. Highly recommend. You want to say the title? Yeah, it's called The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. And I'll put it in the show notes as well. Killer. I want to read it. Shout out to to that book. And and, because I know a lot of triple click listeners wonder, like, want book recommendations all the time. I try to read a fair number of books, but I won't bring them up on the show unless, like, I really like them and want to recommend them. So this is one that I really like and want to recommend. Nice. Cool. Maddie, what about you? What's your one more thing? Oh, boy. It's Destiny 2 again. Uh, <laughs> oh. uh, the joke is truly on me. The ultimate one more thing. I We're know. in a time I... loop where every single week Maddie says the same one more thing. Time? That can't be right. Time? I know. I, I really apologize for this one because I honestly feel like I could have beaten Marvel's Avengers in time for this episode if I had not spent as much time this week on Destiny 2 as Were I did. Were you rating again? Uh, yeah. So we, <laughs> my rating group, we are very pure of heart, but we're not very good at rating and that's fine, but it means that it takes us a really long time to do things. Mm. And so 
last week when I talked about our raid, I was saying we did the first Leviathan raid where you do a series of sort of puzzle-like missions where you shoot stuff, but you have to do certain actions in a certain order in order to get to the end of the puzzle. And then you defeat or try to defeat Callus at the end of it. I won't spoil anything else about the raid because raids can definitely be spoiled mechanics-wise. And we did not manage to beat that raid, but we saw enough of it that we got a sense of what we had to do. And so then when we rescheduled, we were like, great, cool, gonna go awesome. And it didn't. And we did not beat the raid. And there was definitely a night this past week when we were up until 1am or 3am in some people's time zones that we were just at the end. We were trying to beat Callus at the very end. Are you getting nostalgic? Oh, that fight is tough. Yeah, I have had some late nights. I think way back when it launched trying to beat it. It's like when you go over the wall and then you go flying into his mouth. Yes. So you have to divide into two teams. It's a six person raid. And so there's a team of three who goes into the shadow realm mm-hmm, and the other mm-hmm, team stays back mm-hmm. and shoots stuff and we were in the sh- my team half was in the shadow realm mm-hmm. and it's like any if any one person screws up yep. the whole thing is over yep. and so you really have to practice forgiveness of your friends in that yep. moment and yourself where, and yourself and yourself <laughs> i was you. very hard on myself although yeah. honestly the jumping puzzles in the sewers were a lot harder for yours truly than the, <laughs> the raid actually was as everyone knows yeah. i'm not the master of destiny 2 jumping puzzles but the raid i could handle you so are. there were a lot of moments where we were just like taking deep breaths together and just being like mm-hmm. okay we can do this it's but the anyway, raid experience <laughs> by the end of the night we did not beat it and we rescheduled it for Monday night and then one person in the raid his partner he had to pick her up from the airport at a different time because of airport shenanigans and the entire thing got cancelled and the raid resets on Tuesdays and so now we've lost everything you are having so many like peak destiny experiences right now this makes me so happy even though I know it's very frustrating like just everything about what you just said is like so like every destiny player listening to this right now is being like oh my god Maddie is one of us it was great and we were all completely like go get your partner from the airport it's fine Uh, like it's uh, all good (laughs) like all of us just like knowing that the mm-hmm. next time we log in we're still gonna have to beat this raid and now of course we're we're doing the schedule and I'm yeah. like none of these times work we are never gonna make this work again yeah, you but will. you know what I probably will well so over time <laughs> I think I think the way that it worked for me if correct me if I'm misremembering this but I think at first we were very precious about like okay the six of us have to do this um, mm-hmm. but after like a week or so it's kind of like okay if someone can't do it let's just find a sub and we wound up with like a group of like 10 or so people and people would just rotate as as needed or as they could mm-hmm. and it was especially we'll hard there. for west coast and east coast people to mm-hmm. court yeah, there's something special about your first raid group and really beating That's it together true. it sounds like you you're so on the precipice that i i can understand wanting to stick with i it. know we're so close to the end and now we know how to do each individual section yeah. so i feel like the You'll next time we play way better be at it easy yeah. but maybe knowledge it is be. really like mostly the most important thing like except yeah. that callous fight you execution is tricky on those those scions like if one of them bumps you and then you get hosed yeah. <sighs> I know I know you gotta kill him right away yeah. you just got to it's really like stressful and you're calling out the, the things <laughs> yeah, on his forehead oh my god oh, I'm like and having like flashbacks if somebody doesn't call out the symbol <laughs> yep. fast enough everybody's yelling yep. at them like, what's, what's the third the one symbol? what's the t- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. god yeah. destiny god what a great game why don't you two like destiny too you've never played it and I don't understand <laughs> we should it's play uh, we should really check it maybe out maybe you should check it out anyway that's that's what I've been up God, to. Man, when Beyond Light comes out, 
the three of us have to really yeah. dive in. Yeah, we're going to get in there. We're going to get in the mix plan. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this has been another episode of Triple Click. It has been. We did it, it again, sure folks. Been. I hope people will come watch us stream tonight on yeah. our Twitch channel, Triple Click Pod on Twitch. Come Woo! come watch us it. be Marvel, Marvel characters. And yeah, I guess we'll see you next week. Yeah, I will see the two of you later tonight and have another podcast <laughs> next week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edited and mixed the show and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, and if you like our show, we hope you'll head over to MaximumFun.org join and consider becoming a member. Doing so helps support us and gets you access to an exclusive Triple Click episode each month. Find us online at TripleClickPodcast.com, on Twitter at TripleClickPod, and send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.